This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Let's sit down. Let's sit down. Let me ask you, do you miss me? I miss you too, baby. What the fuck is this? What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god. What what terrible people right here. I feel so bad that I came back this this town, you know. I don't remember when was the last time I, I wrestled here, but you know. Still, dirty city, smells bad, people are stupid, people speak terrible intonation Japanese. That's why I don't understand what, they, what they're talking. What a terrible city. Okay, let's talk about Tetsuya. I mean Naito. I mean Tetsuya. No. Whatever you want to call. Tetsuya. Tetsuya. Less than two weeks until Osaka. I want to ask you, Tetsuya, and I want to ask you, those single bell novelists that have on fans, are you ready to be the loser? I am ready to be the champ, champ. I am the next IWGP and IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Let's have fun. Hold this tour. See you tomorrow, Tetsuya. Hasta mañana. Adios. to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 132, and it's about the themes of Kenta, sponsored by HelloFresh. And today I'm joined once again by a returning guest here, a contributor at Voices of Wrestling, it's Jojo Remy. Hello again, Jojo. Hey, Andrew. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, I'm glad you're back on here. Definitely uh, doing a doing a rare morning session here because it's apparently <laughs> the busiest wrestling day of the year with you know, <laughs> Friday Mania weekend and you got New Japan running, you got ROH running, Impact, just a million shows going on today. So uh, I figured, you know, better get this thing in beforehand, you know, before it gets too crazy there, Jojo. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, it's a rare morning session for you, but actually the last couple times we talked, it was pretty early in the morning for me, as I recall, because I was still living in Japan, right? That's right, yeah. We used to be uh, uh, literally night and day in terms of recording times, but uh, now you're back in America, so we are uh, in sync in terms of the uh, the timing, so that's that's pretty good. That's right. You're uh, still in Florida, right? That's where you are? That's right. I live in Tampa, Florida. A wrestling hotbed, hotbed as it were. That's right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of shows there recently. Uh, a lot of shows in Florida in general, I think. But um, but the good news is now that you're back, uh, you can watch your precious Marlings at a decent hour now. So that's that's pretty good. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So baseball season starting up. Very excited about that. Uh, you know, haven't been going to any wrestling shows really, but you know, I watched some and definitely been uh, still you know digging into old Japanese stuff or you know. Japanese stuff over the last 20 years, let's say, regularly. So I have, you know, plenty of Kenta stuff to talk about. But yeah, I'm excited for the conversation. Cool, cool. Well, uh, you are the right man for the job here, Jojo, that's for sure, because uh, we are talking about Kenta. You're a big Kenta fan. I love him too. And uh, on one of your past episodes as well, Jojo, we did that uh, episode about Noah themes. And I know Kenta right now has been in New Japan for a few years and he was in WWE for about five years before that, too. But uh, to borrow a line from Go Shiyazaki, Kenta is Noah. Like, that's his company. That's where he spent the bulk of his career. That's where he came to prominence. Uh, that's where I first saw him in that great tag match with Marafuji against Liger and Murahama back in 03. And that's the company that most people first saw him in and associate him with. Um, I mean, when he came back for that six-man tag at the start of the year, everyone was saying... Kenta's coming home. So I think no matter where Kenta goes, no matter how far away he is from Noah, you know, that connection will always be there, Jojo. For sure. I think, you know, Kenta really made Noah what it, what, what it became. Like, I think as opposed to just being like a bunch of all Japan transplants, I think, you know, Kenta along with uh, Marfuji, Shizaki, um, Segura really like made Noah its own thing. Right. And Kenta is not just an extension of his of his senpais. Right. Kenta is definitely his own man. So um, but yeah, he's definitely Noah through and through. You know, he wrestles other places. But to me, he will always be Noah. Right. Yeah. I mean, when he left WWE a few years ago, a lot of people were thinking, oh, he can go back to Noah now. And I don't blame them for that. But he didn't. You know, he went to New Japan instead, which which caused some ire. But but look, the Noah that Kenta left in 2014 is not the same Noah that was in 2019 or the one that's now in 2022. You know, the legacy of Noah is very much a, a tumultuous one, as we know. And that's kind of been part of Kenta's legacy, too, if you think about it. You know, for all the great matches and moments of Kenta's career, and, and there are a lot, don't get me wrong, he's had, you know, a pretty bumpy road, too. Uh, you know, like famously, he was a junior in Noah for many years, and around I think 06, 07, they tried to push him and Marafuji as these new main eventers to follow Misawa and Kobashi in that generation. It did not work. Noah panicked, and they put the kibosh on that. And Kenta would not become a heavyweight champion for like another, you know, six or seven years or so. And then he goes to WWE in 2014, and that obviously did not work out. And much of that was, of course, due to injuries, which have been, I think, the biggest bumps in his career, really, because he's had a lot, you know, knee injuries, shoulder injuries, neck injuries, 
Um, he had that no DQ match with Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom this year, and he got like a dislocated hip and a broken nose and finger damage. Like he got messed up badly in that match. So yeah, Kenta's career, you know, a lot of great moments, like I said, but it's far from perfect, Jojo. Yeah, it hasn't been an easy path for him. I think he's definitely tried to carve his own way, right? Like not the traditional, you know, Japanese wrestler staying with the same company his whole career, even doing an excursion in ROH really got him a lot of international recognition, you know, taking that leap and trying to make it in WWE. Um, you know, he definitely, like I said, he's his own man and he's going to make his own way. And I think, you know, uh, as brutal as it was, his match with Tanahashi is like one of one of the best of his career. I think you know it was really, really entertaining and um, just personal. Like I've had a, an opportunity to speak with him a couple times, um, and you know I was at the show that he came back uh, to wrestle for Noah as Hideo Itami. I was at the show where he debuted for New Japan. Um, so per- just personally, you know, I followed his career very closely and. Um, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, I, I want to see him succeed, like as a human being, right? Like, I, I really, my wrestling fan is really closely tied to him. And um, I'm glad to see him uh, being successful, whether it's in Noah or in New Japan or wherever it is, right? Like, I just want to see this guy happy and, and doing well. And it seems like he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I give him so much credit for adapting to the injuries and becoming much more of a more of a character wrestler, really. Because you go back and watch him in his physical prime of the 2000s and you know early 2010s, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, bar none. But he can't be that guy anymore, so he had to change it up. And now he does a lot more heel shtick, he does a lot more character work, a lot more humor as well. And you know he's made it work really well. And what's amazing too is that he's become like a big angle wrestler now. Like, he's been involved in some major angles over the past couple of years, whether it's the heel turn on Shibata or the interruption of Naito at the Tokyo Dome or showing up in AEW to attack John Moxley. That was a big deal, too. I mean, he's become better known, I think, for his moments than his matches in recent times. And he's still a star, too. Like, him and Naito sold out Osaka Joe Hall right before the pandemic. So it's pretty remarkable to see Kenta even through all the bullshit and the injuries and whatnot, he still manages to get through it pretty well, Jojo. Yeah, I think he's like a perfect fit for modern day New Japan. Obviously, he has a very, uh, you know, very uh, solid friendship with with Jado and Ghetto. I think more so Jado, but, you know, very close friendship with those guys. He has an experience in the U.S., which those guys are crazy about, right? New Japan wants to do more stuff in the U.S. He speaks both languages. He's becoming an amazing promo, right? I think, like, through the backstage segments, we can say that, um, you know, he's one of the best promos in the world. So he's definitely adapted, which is, you know, he, he couldn't have continued. I mean, he didn't continue at that pace, right? He, he did have some injuries that, that ultimately broke him down, but he's adapted. So um, that is the key to success, and he's definitely, um, you know, showing that he can hang still and, and, uh, you know, he's a highlight on New Japan for sure. Mm-hmm. Plus, he invented the go-to-sleep, which is one of the best wrestling moves ever. So for that alone, he'll always be a legend, Jojo. Yeah, I think his impact, like, even before coming to WWE, I think his impact on international wrestling, on American wrestling, you know, through ROH and because of his innovation is, um, you know, he's he's a legend. He's, a, he's active, but he's a legend already. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. 
All right, let's get to these themes here. Uh, we have plenty to talk about because Kenta has had a lot of themes in his career, most of them in Noah, of course. And uh, I do want to give a big thank you to at PW underscore theme on Twitter for putting out this timeline chart of Kenta's themes. That was very handy. Thank you so Amazing. much. Amazing. So, uh, so Japanese, right? That's a little like flow chart you're talking about in the... In yeah, the, yeah. It, yeah. Amazing. Stuff like this in Japan where like attention to detail and like little context words we can talk about as we go right um it makes me nostalgic for like i feel like a lot of processes and explanations in japan are accompanied by a similar chart so yeah pretty cool yeah definitely and uh, again at pw underscore theme on twitter uh thanks so much for that chart there um so we'll start off here actually with a medley of early Kenta themes. Uh, we've done this a few times before here on the show. Uh, these are a handful of themes that Kenta had during the first few years of his career. He started out in 2000 in All Japan with his given name, Kenta Kobayashi, and then he jumped to Noah with the split and soon after became known as just Kenta, all caps in English. And uh, these are, again, songs he had during his first few years as a wrestler. Here is the Kenta Early Themes Medley. Hit it, Johnny. The songs are Every Day Be With You by Eriko with Crunch, Shout of My Soul by Daisuke Yamaguchi, Give It a Shot by Wrench, and For One's Life by Brahmin. And uh, there was another one, uh, Tragic Buster by Heaven's Seed, but I couldn't find that one, unfortunately. Um, interesting mix of songs here, I think. Uh, most of them, outside of Eriko, are on the harder side. Not too crazy, of course, but definitely songs with an edge. And I think that does set the tone for Kenta being the aggressor, being the young punk. 
being the guy with just an attitude that he would be for pretty much the entirety of his career there at JoJo. So yeah, it does, I think, set that tone nicely here at the start. For sure, for sure. I, I had the same exact note. Like, apart from the All Japan one, the first one, like, they all have an edge. And I think that, you know, when I think about his career, like, he's not, he did debut in All Japan, but like, that is a pretty negligible portion of his career. And I think the fact that that theme doesn't really fit in with the rest of his themes is evidence of that. But yeah, I think the edginess kind of comes through, I think, as he has more uh, ownership of the themes he's using. And I think, uh, you know, I remember these themes pretty fondly, you know, on grainy VHS uh, tapes. And um, yeah, I think, like you said, like the edginess is kind of developing throughout these early themes. Mm -hmm. There's also a noted difference between this and the music of the prior generation of Misawa, Kobashi, you know, Akiyama, Tawei, all those guys. He doesn't have their sweeping emotional epic instrumentals with the big guitars and synths and all that. No, he's got modern songs. He's got punk songs. Like you said, he's, he's carving his own path and doing things his own way. And that will keep playing out, you know, as things move along there, Jojo, for sure. Yeah, he's not gonna, you know, I think like Shizaki, somebody that has a similar path to him, he has usually has these more traditional like harmony guitars and, you know, kind of metal, like, you know, 80s medley type things inspired by Kobashi's theme. Um, but yeah, Kenta doesn't have that. Although he's tied very closely to Kobashi, he, you know, definitely has his own. These don't sound like all Japan songs at all. No. <laughs> which, you know, I think hangs over a lot of Noah, uh, but you know, not in this case at all. No, no, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, it's also notable that these are all Japanese artists. And later on, Kenta would start using primarily American artists and branch out in that direction. But here, he's still kind of keeping it close to home in that way. Um, but going forward, there will be that shift to the American artists, Jojo. Yeah, I wonder if that's like as he got more exposure to traveling abroad that he picked up, you know, these hip hop cds or whatever like you know burn songs from napster or whatever it is yeah <laughs> like the thing that i'm thinking in my head probably happened and you know he he kind of gravitated towards some and started to use them it's pretty cool mm -hmm. so we go to our first full theme here and uh, kenta had this one from 02 to 03 that includes him joining kobashi's burning unit and forming the tag team with namichi marafuji kenta fuji of course becoming the first GHC Junior Tag Team Champions. This is again by Brahmin of the album A Man of the World. This is called No Light Theory.
Brahmin are a Japanese punk band, so continuing that hard edge from his early themes, and uh, keeping on with the punk as well, which is interesting because later on he will definitely shift over to hip-hop in a big way for the majority of his songs. But for now, you know, he's still growing, he's still finding himself, still wearing the long gray pants as well, so it's very much still early days for Kenta here, Jojo. Yeah, the punk fits in with the character for sure. Uh, it's a good song. It's 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 punk, but it's very musical. It, it has a great bass line. You know, it kind of, to me, kind of reminiscent of something like Green Day, maybe. Uh, the way you know the the singer sings the song. Um, one note, I think, just to kind of advocate on behalf of the Japanese fan base. So Kenta Fuji, kind of known as that, like in the Western fan base, but in Japan they're actually known as Maru Ken Tag. Um, which plays off Mark Fuji and Kent, obviously. Uh, and it looks cool when you write it in Japanese. So that's the that's how they're presented, like in the magazines and stuff like that. Yeah, I know I've heard that uh, that Maru Ken name before, but uh, I'm a Kenta Fuji guy through and through. I can't help it. I'm sorry. For sure. <laughs> Just for sure. the way I am. Sure, but sure. uh, yeah, but um, but this song, you know, lyrically, it's a bit unique as well because compared to later themes, it's rather introspective heady, esoteric, trying to read my mind for granted, turning his gaze on me to make my life hard. Where is your theory? Which is your greatest virtue? For a ten-thousandth of honesty, stubborn thoughts destroy the nature. The old thoughts disturb the nature. Where is your duty, your most valuable thing? Those are all quite serious and mature lyrics, which, you know, when we get to DMX and Twista and Waka Flocka Flame, yeah. that, that that will not be the case, I don't think. So, um, yeah, fun, funnily enough, the lyrical tone, I think, is more in line with the seriousness of a Misawa theme, of a Kobashi theme. But the music itself is more in line with Kenta, Jojo. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I noticed that as well, like listening back to some of the ones we're going to talk in a little bit. I'm like, ah, okay, I get like the, why the music was picked. But yeah, these... The, some of the lyrics are pretty cringy in retrospect, but these are very, very cool. Very, as you know, as someone who tries to write music myself and write songs myself, these are cool lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned Marafuji earlier. You know, there's a clear difference there too between this and Marafuji's theme, which will uh, obviously continue going forward. So, you know, it's always funny just how two guys with such diametrically opposite themes would make for such a great and iconic tag team. There, Jojo. It's it's funny how it works out that way. Yeah, I mean. I think it plays with their characters, right? Like we talked about Kenta, very edgy, very abrasive, very aggressive, and Marfuji, more clean cut, more uh, elegant, let's say. Um, <laughs> so I think I think that uh, dynamic, you know, represents the wrestlers well. Yeah, definitely. So uh, in 2004, Kenta gets a new theme that he has for about the first half of the year or so. Uh, this is by the now departed DMX, rest in peace. Of the album Grand Champ, this is Where the Hood At. Hey yo, your niggas must be out your fucking mind. Yo, Thinking dog can't pull another motherfucking rabbit out the hat. Think I ain't gonna trip up my motherfucking Steve, you bitch ass nigga. Fuck your niggas, nigga. Baby, you think I'm doing just sitting around doing nothing? Oh my god, your niggas can't be serious. Yo, 
fucking with a nigga like me D to the M to the X Last I heard, yeah, niggas was having sex With the same sex I show no love to homo thugs Empty up, you throw most So what we said before uh, about Kenta having these hard-edged modern themes Let's turn that sucker up to 11 for this one Because this might be one of, if not the most intense song ever played on the show. Not in terms of the music, but the lyrics. You know, because it's your typical bombastic rallying cry DMX song. Has the energy and bounce for a great theme. But man, these lyrics are not for the faint of heart, Jojo. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hadn't probably heard any DMX since, you know, probably my early high school, late middle school days. Uh, but it's just like his voice and his delivery. It like was somewhat nostalgic to me just because I hadn't heard it in so long. And I, you know, it's definitely not my my preferred type of music, but I, I understand why Kenta picked it at the time, and it does totally uh, communicate that edge that that he was going for, or that is you know Kenta himself. So, uh, like you said, a little little uh, cringy almost lyrically. Uh, retrospectively, but um, you know, if you look at this overall timeline that we're looking at, it, it fits in pretty well. Yeah, I mean, this is what, 20 years ago or so, so we should keep that in mind, I know, but still, man, these are some spicy spicy lyrics, because we're talking just virulent homophobia, virulent yeah. transphobia, like 40 N-bombs in total, I think. Um, there is one line I did want to read, though. Looking at you and your grill, it might be nice to cut once I split your ass in two, you'll be twice as butt. I did laugh at that line. I will admit to that. But, but otherwise, yeah, not uh, not the nicest messages in the world in this one. But uh, but as you alluded to there, Jojo, I don't think Kenta agrees with the viewpoints of DMX here. I think he just wanted a hip hop song. He heard this. It sounded hard edged and badass, and thought, okay, I'll, I'll use this. And obviously, it's aged very poorly. But I think the intent was much more look how intense and cool I am with this badass-sounding DMX song, more so than I agree with these viewpoints, JoJo. For sure. And, you know, it was a different time where this type of music was, you know, somewhat mainstream, right? Like, obviously, they, these lyrics wouldn't have been played in the radio, but this was pop music in its time. So, um, you know, he probably, you know, I, I don't see any like scouring like you know the forefront of underground hip-hop when he's looking for these themes right he's just using whatever he's exposed to in the mainstream uh and you know that's how he got it but yeah it's aggressive and uh it's definitely dated at this point mm -hmm. right right and and looking back you know it is it is pretty striking to watch a video where it's you know it's budokan hall the sacred ground of all japan and noah the green ring, all the prestige, and then you hear, where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at? Like, it's such a jarring, you know, mishmash there, but but that's the spirit of Kenta. He doesn't care about the old guard, about that sacred, you know, Budokan Hall spirit. It's his time now. It's his music. Deal with it. That's, that's Kenta's whole vibe, Jojo. Yeah, and this was kind of like the first one of the, the hip-hop themes, which became a very clear uh, through line through all of his themes for a long period of time. So, you know, this is a pivotal point, like a proto, almost all caps Kenta theme, if you will, right? Like this is kind of what set the tone. So he would he would, he would, would get better ones. Oh yeah, for sure. There are many more to come here that uh, delve into the hip hop world. That's for sure. Um, 
Before we move on, though, I do want to bring up one more thing here. This whole thing reminds me of the first time I saw Chono come out uh, with the intro of his theme being from No Way Out by Puff Daddy. Yeah. Damn. I would have never thought it ever would have been like this. And then it goes, fuck y'all N-words gonna do. And the first time I saw that, it was like, whoa, whoa, Chono, take it easy there, buddy. Because, yeah, it was, it was pretty jarring there, too, JoJo. Yeah, and, you know, just as a caveat, right, like, it's, it's cringy, it's, 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 you know, inappropriate here, but in Japan, different culture, maybe not understood as much, um, so yeah, and I think, you know, Chono, super popular, right, like, in his day, probably the most popular wrestler in New Japan, um, so this was getting a lot of exposure and just kind of didn't get that scrutiny, but as we look at it in retrospect, yeah, it's it's definitely flawed. So um, just, a, you know, changing times. Mm-hmm, definitely. So later on in 04, Kenta gets his next theme, and he will have this for a little while, actually, from 04 to 06, which includes him winning the GHC junior title for the first time from Yoshinobu Kanamaru at Destiny 05 in the Tokyo Dome, which is a great match, by the way. This song is by Twista, featuring Young Chris, Memphis Bleak, and Freeway off the album Kamikaze. This is Art and Life, parentheses, Chai Rock. Cheer, Young Chris, the boy Twista, holla. Art and Life on the track, okay, up and coming. State rock check gang, that's right, get low, get low. Rock, build a nigga, holler Chill It's the motherfucking rock, bitch, you hotter than us What? Uh, okay Okay since a young buck, I've been on the come up Known to dish the raw, dish the law if they come up Get cheddar to the sun up If it's a ransom in the law, get involved Then we never get a sun up Never put your gun up, you come round me I go to war with niggas round the corner from round me You can front round me But I read through that with a million I ain't talking about no seagull Mac Niggas see shoot back, we can see to that Hit your front, let us see through back Bring your peoples back And I used to grind out of my so this is in a similar vein as DMX, that puff out your chest, braggadocio, I'm a bad motherfucker kind of song. Certainly a lot more tame than DMX is, uh, a lot fewer N-bombs as well, and uh, just a flashier production and backbeat overall, I think. Um, and when I think of like iconic Kenta themes, this is one of them. I think this is the first truly iconic Kenta theme, Jojo. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. This is just a better song. Right, and and this one, when I think, like when 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 I when I queued this one up, I was like, yeah, now now we're into like my my image of Kenta's themes in 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 when I look back. So yeah, I was really happy to listen to this. You know, the first version, obviously, the second version that we'll talk about, but this is just better rap and and, and, and a great fit for him. Mm-hmm. And it helps too that around this time he's becoming classic iconic Kenta. You know, the shaggy brown hair the brown and yellow trunks he debuts the go to sleep he forms the takeover tag team with shibata so this song which just has so much swagger to it and is so cool really coincides with kenta you know finding his own groove and finding his own unique style and unique finisher and unique look um so it's cool how that lines up there as well jojo 
Yeah, it's it's an evolution of what you know was established with the previous one, and he was going through that same transformation as a wrestler too. You know, really coming into his own here, really delivering some of the best matches in the world at this time. Um, and yeah, this was you know, this was the theme that a lot of people were hearing right before those matches. So obviously, it has a, a warm spot in my heart. Right. Yeah. And uh, originally, this did have "Where the Hood At" as an intro going into the song. And then it had no intro, just the song. And then at Destiny, he debuted a new intro with The Champ Is Here by Jadakus and Bring Him Out by T.I. The Champ Is Here! The Champ Is Here! The Champ Is Here! The Champ Is Here! Cheer, Young Chris! M.E.S. Free Weez! Which, as a reminder, he debuted the champ is here as the challenger going into the match with Kanemaru, so which good. is so fucking cool and badass in its own right. And it just, it made the song even cooler as a theme. And then in the takeover, they had Shibata's theme as an intro to that, plus an extra Buster Rhyme sample in there as well. So at one point, you just had like this massive mix of songs. It was pretty remarkable there, Chocho. <laughs> For sure, for sure, and like like uh, Marakuchi Shibata didn't really have like themes of this of this genre, so a good uh, juxtaposition there. Obviously, you know Shibata and Kento are much more similar characters. I guess Shibata can be you know interpreted as a little bit more uh, you know in line with his lineage, if that makes sense, like in a progression of his. Uh, senpais, but yeah, uh, this was this is classic Kenta here, and uh, classic theme. And you know, one thing listening back to this, like re- relative to DMX, I was like, wow, Twister's like a really good rapper. I actually want to like listen <laughs> to more Twister. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, one more thing here, uh, specifically with the takeover. In my research, I found out that they had a tag finisher called Touch the Sky, which was a Doomsday device, and when they won a match with that move. They played Touch the Sky by Kanye West as their, like, victory music. So, yeah, Kenta, a pretty big hip-hop fan, I'd say, Jojo. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And it, there's, like, funny magazine shoots of the day of them, like, kind of almost dressed up like hip-hop stars. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's, you know it's, it's fashion of the time, but it wasn't just in the themes. Like, he was trying to emulate the clothing that he saw, too. So uh, while Kenta is doing his thing in Noah, he's also spending some time in America with Ring of Honor. He debuts there at Final Battle 05 against Low Key, and he'll be there on and off for the next four years or so. His theme in ROH is one that was played way back on the Rey Mysterio episode. It's by Ill Harmonics, and it's an instrumental of the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam.
So this is a real curiosity, because on the one hand, it's continuing the trend of hip-hop themes, of course. But on the other hand, it's the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam. Like, what an odd pick, because, you know, it's not like this is a mainstream hip-hop song. This is an in-wrestling, already-established theme for an already-established guy. It's, it's Rey Mysterio, and Kenta is using it like it's just no big deal. Which I guess is, again, typical Kenta. I don't care whose song this is. It's my song now. Kiss my ass. So, yeah, very much a, a curious case here, Jojo, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. It fits thematically. But I'm just wondering, like, I don't really remember offhand when Ray used this song. I believe it was 98. Okay. Better half so 98, like, I think. Yeah. That would have been like pre-filthy animals or whatever they were called. Yeah, pre-filthy animals still has the mask yeah. uh, around that time. Yeah. It's not like the. I know he had that one like March sounding instrumental that was probably production music that I kind of associated him with. I guess this was the next one after that. Yeah, I'm just curious like how how this was given to Kenta or if Kenta was like, yes, I love Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I'm wrestling in America. I need to use that now. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange in the fact that he doesn't use art and life here because it's 2000s ROH. Copyrights are no problemo, okay? He can right. use whatever he wants, I think. But you do wonder, like, did no one have a Twista CD ready? Did <laughs> For Kenta sure. forget it in Japan? Like, what was the series of events that led to this song being chosen? I'm, I'm dying to know that. Um, I mean, look, at the very least, there are no lyrics. That is a plus, because if there were lyrics, that'd be even weirder, I think. But, but still, you know, for Kenta to come out to a Latin hip-hop theme in particular, that itself is an odd clash, Jojo, I'd say. For sure, yeah. This one kind of sticks out like a, a sore thumb, as they say, just in the progression of, you know, in the evolution of his music. But it works oddly somehow. I think just because it's, like you said, an established wrestling theme. Um, but yeah, I mean, in retrospect, probably could have made it, you know, more a smooth, more of a smooth transition to his next one or used what he was using in Japan. But uh, yeah, no big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless of music, Kenta and ROH was just awesome anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> those matches with Brian and Nigel and Loki and, and Davey and those guys, they rocked so much. So, you know, it's just amusing to me that in a company and environment where it would not be at a place at all to hear Art and Life or DMX or Brahmin or whatever, he goes with the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam. It's just, it's a fun little bit of wrestling history there, JoJo. Yeah, but like you said, the matches that he was putting out at this time in ROH are just some of his best matches ever. The Danielson match, one of my favorite matches of all time, regardless of the people that are in it. Um, so yeah, fun memories. Yeah, definitely. Before we go any further here, let me just say that this episode of Music of the Mat is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm fresh produce, that arrives within a week, so you get all that convenience without skimping on the quality. There are all sorts of recipes to choose from, including limited time recipes like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue, or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. Mm, that sounds pretty good. As well as options for veggie meals, fit and wholesome, family friendly, and gourmet. Meals are ready in about 30 minutes or less, with quick and easy meals that save you even more time in the kitchen. And as I've said many times before, 
I am no wizard when it comes to cooking, but HelloFresh helps me out so much. I got all the ingredients right there, the recipes are simple to follow, and the prep work and cleanup time is low. So if you're like me and you want to make some nice meals all by yourself at a good deal, then go to HelloFresh.com VOW16 and use the code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. That's the number 1616. Use the code VOW16 and get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. So in 2007, Kenta gets a new theme, and this will be one of his longest lasting themes. He had this from 07 to 2011. So quite a while there when he was uh, still in the junior division and winning that belt a few more times. This is by T.I. off the album King. It's an instrumental of the song What You Know. This is another pretty iconic Kenta theme. Um, funny, it's an instrumental because, again, it's not so different than Art and Life, I think. The flashy, look how cool I am hip-hop song. I think he could have used the full version of this with the lyrics and been just fine, but he chose not to. But um, I think the music is just so swagger-heavy that it still works really well, Jojo. For sure, for sure. Like, you know, I think most of the, the listeners will, will recognize that I'm a huge Nakajima fan. And, you know, these matches that Kenta had around this time with Nakajima, he was using this theme. And that dynamic between those two guys as like Kenta as the almost established guy at this point with the swagger, like basically almost uh, disregarding the, the threat of Katsuhiko, uh, this theme molded that character um, and, you know, really contributed to developing that feud, which is one of my favorite feuds of all time. Yeah, those 09 Nakajima matches are just killer. They're so great. And, you know, the, the song, it does, I think, get a bit repetitive, just having that same beat over and over and over again. But I do think it fits Kenta's gait just so well. And it does also give me like a real sports icon type of vibe, too, which the earlier themes never did, really. I mean, art and life, kind of, but... This feels a lot more like a cool athletic superstar kind of theme than just the typical, you know, I'm an intense, aggressive, badass kind of Kenta theme, Jojo. Yeah, it kind of has that swagger of the champ is here uh, sample distilled out through a whole instrumental is how I think about it. Like, you can tell what he was going for, like that cockiness, that coolness, um, 
and you know presenting himself as uh you know an elite wrestler at this point like that's that's was clearly communicated by this song relative to the ones he was using in the past that were more brash uh more you know high energy more aggressive this one is more cool and uh established i'll say Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the cockiness. You know, I think that is very much a through line of uh, most, if not all, of his songs. That cocky element. But I think in this case, there is less of that punk edge. There is less of that open hostility mm. that we got with DMX and Twista, and a lot more of just being a cool piece of music. And obviously, that's because there are no lyrics. If there are lyrics, it might change things up a bit. But because it's an instrumental that cocky swaggery vibe really takes all of the spotlight here jojo yeah and like going back to nakajima again like they're very similar in their in their in their styles in their wrestling but the way they developed was very different like katsuhiko the whole time was under kensuke's wing you know he definitely developed through these matches with with kenta but you know kenta famously like went straight head to head with Kobashi with Misawa uh, with Akiyama right so um, that 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 difference in their evolution really played into these matches the, dif- the difference in the theme really supported that um, so yeah really really fond memories of this one too and this one might be the the iconic uh, classic Kenta theme to me right I, I wouldn't argue that at all um, I mean I prefer art and life over this one um, but this is just as prominent of a Kenta theme, Jojo, that's for sure. Yeah. So early 2011, Kenta gets another new theme. Uh, this one does not last that long, but he did get it around the time that he turned heel and joined the Disobey stable, which he later took over and renamed No Mercy, which will be his stable until the end of his Nova run. This is by Waka Flocka Flame off the album Flocka Valley. It's called Harden to Paint. I go hard in the motherfucking paint, nigga. Leave you stankin', nigga. What the fuck you thinkin', nigga? I won't die for this shit or what the fuck I say. Front yard, raw day with the SK. See Gucci, that's my motherfucking nigga. I hang in the bell with them hit squad killers. Walk a flock of flame on a lord ass nigga. Riding real slow, bending corners, my nigga. Got a main bitch, got a mistress A couple of girlfriends, I'm so rich Keep my dick on So we had that nice reprieve with the Rey Mysterio Jr. Jam and What You Know instrumentals but the hardcore gangster rap is back with a furious vengeance uh, Lines like, I go hard in the motherfucking paint Got a main bitch, got a mistress A couple girlfriends, I'm so hood rich Keep my dick hard and keep me smoking. Glock 9, the SK, if you want the beef. Again, a million end bombs in there too. Like, there's a reason I'm not a big fan of this type of music, JoJo, and it's because of songs like this. <laughs> yeah, my my notes on this song are, and I quote, meh, dated. <laughs> like, 
I, I just, it's not my style of music at all. It's very passe. Um, yeah, the lyrics are edgy, but like musically it's not very interesting. Uh, but he didn't have it for very long, so it's not really that big of a blemish on his theme music history, which is which is otherwise pretty impressive. Uh, it seems like he just had it for like the first half of 2011, uh, as you said, like taking over No Mercy and turning heel. Um, but yeah, it's not my thing, and 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 you know, this might be maybe the worst. I don't know. I think this might be his worst theme. Yeah, at least DMX had the catchy chorus in his song. Where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at? That's a lot better to me than Waka Flocka, Flocka Waka, Waka Flocka. You know, that's that's so grating to me. And, yeah. you know, again, thankfully this did not last long as a Kenta theme, um, but it's still pretty bad. <laughs> I know some people like it, but again, I don't, JoJo. Yeah, I think going back to the DMX thing, like you said, that one has the hook. That one has a memorable line in it. That one has the melody that will bring you, you know, bring you back to the song. Whereas this one, it just doesn't really have that at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be fair, this does tie into the heel turn, I think, with him going back to the more, you know, overtly intense, aggressive, threatening music. And he changed his look as well with the new haircut and the black paint splatter shorts and became a heavyweight and started using Game Over as a finisher. So I get the idea behind it. I just don't like it. <laughs> there, there is a line towards the end of the song um, that says, point blank range, I'll put your ass to sleep. So just, you know, lyrically, thematically, you know, go to sleep, put your ass to sleep. That was cool to hear, um, but that was the lone lyrical highlight. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. And um, and this is the last hip-hop theme of the episode, too. So, uh, you know, they went out swinging, that's for damn sure. <laughs> so uh, later in 2011, Kenta gets his umpteenth and final Noah theme that he'd have for the rest of his run there until he leaves for WWE in 2014. Uh, this involved him finally winning the GHC heavyweight title for the first and only time in his career. This theme is by a DJ named Sebastian, of the compilation album Let the Children Techno. This is called Enio. the shift earlier from punk to hip-hop this is another shift here from hip-hop to french electronic house music and i think it signifies a real clear line between 20s young junior kenta and now 30s older heavyweight stable leader kenta i think it delineates it uh, actually a little bit better 
than Waka Flocka Flame does. And, you know, it's just a great song in general, JoJo. Yeah, great song for sure. Great. Kenta was was having great matches around this time as, a, as the champion, uh, the Jigetsu the champ. I think, you know, when I listen to this song, I almost have, like, uh, a mixed reaction to it because I, I remember, like, some of these really good title defenses, uh, another one with, with, with Nakajima, um, I think he had with both uh, TMDK members that were really good. Um, but then I also like remember his his uh, farewell match, right? So this is kind of a mixed bag where like this was him winding down uh, in Noah 2. So uh, iconic, very good theme, but almost like has a sore spot as you know he would he would be moving on from Noah pretty shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great heel theme, too. It has that mix of the big, meaty sense in the organ and the methodical pace as well. It just it sounds so menacing and serious, more so than coming out to yet another song that just goes, you know, fuck you, motherfucker, I'm a badass. Like, like at this point, I don't think Kenta needs that anymore. I think we're at a point where the music itself can just do the talking and it can make him seem, you know, just as dangerous, Jojo. Yeah, I think it builds on the tone that was set with the T.I. song. Uh, Totally different, you know, genre, but I think it it develops that tone into even a more uh, established version of Kenta. Right, yeah, and I think it was a wise change as well, because it's easier to take this seriously as a main eventer theme, I think. Not that the music itself was holding him back all those years. I think Noah booking is what it is to this very day, but um, this feels more like a top guy theme song than Harden to Paint. Like, like it's it's Kenta's version of the Kiyomiya theme, of the Go Shizaki theme, that type of fighter instrumental. Yeah. It's just his own spin on it, Jojo. Yeah, and those guys have that classic All Japan-inspired, you know, uh metal instrumental type thing where that is not kenta right he's going to make it his own but it conveys the same feeling that those themes do um so yeah this is a great one yeah for sure so in spring 2014 kenta announces that he is leaving noah he did a tryout for wwe earlier that year and uh, sure enough that's where he goes he debuts there in the summer for the nxt brand with a new name Hideo Itami, which would turn out to be uh, one of a few rather auspicious omens for his time to come in WWE. He also gets a new theme song, his first and only WWE theme. This is by CFOs, and it's called Toki Wakita, parentheses, Time Has Come.
So I gotta laugh, because we've played lots of songs so far. A lot of hip-hop, punk, electronica, all modern stuff. And the second Kenta goes to WWE, they break out the... The Japanese strings. Mm. Now, to be fair, this is not like the Orient Express theme or the Great Okan theme. It's not like that. And his gimmick wasn't, you know, Great Kabuki or whatever. He was still a modern fighter guy. He still looked like Kenta. But it's funny how you have someone so well known for using trendy music and you just give him the Japanese strings right off the bat. Like, that is such a, a harbinger of, of things to come here, Chocho. <laughs> yeah, and like the imagery on the the video that played when he debuted had like the Tori, very traditional Japanese imagery. I think there were like leaves falling in the background and stuff. And obviously like, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that he had some input on that. But the intro is very jarring. You're like, I, I don't know. I don't know if this really fits with Kenta, but I think the song after the intro is a pretty good riff and, and definitely has some good swagger to it. See, we're gonna diverge there, I think, cause um... I'm not a big fan of this one overall. It's not bad per se, but it's just your typical generic hard rock instrumental, which again, we haven't had before with Kenta. We had punk, we had alternative, but we never had anything like this, you know, straightforward hard rock metal riffs. And, you know, it just it doesn't feel like a Kenta theme at all to me, which, I mean, I guess thinking about it makes sense because it's not a Kenta theme. It's a Hideo Itami theme. So, yeah, I guess it's appropriate in that sense there, Jojo. I don't know. Yeah, I would say definitely not a Kenta theme, but maybe other than his debut, which was really cool, which I don't remember if I was at or not. No, you know, I remember actually being that the first time I went to Japan on vacation was when he debuted in NXT, but I had met him before his debut. I remember uh, watching his debut in Japan in a bar um and then he was on the cover of weekly pro wrestling that week with his debut then i got the magazine brought it back and then another largo loop nxt show i was able to get him to sign uh that uh weekly pro wrestling magazine but yeah definitely not uh kenta i remember that he did like a misawa rolling elbow in that debut uh segment which was not a kenta thing either um but just to wrap it up i think Hideo Itami, this is the one redeeming thing, is this song. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it, the rest of that run was, you know, not quite the stellar affair we all wanted it to be, because, you know, I mean, part of that was injuries and wear and tear, which wasn't his fault, and I think the WWE environment wasn't conducive for 100% Noah-ass-kicker Kenta either, um, but he also had trouble with his moves, too. You know, he couldn't do the go-to-sleep for a long time because... That was CM Punk's move there. Mm. He couldn't do the Psycho Knee or Game Over because those are Brian's moves there. And the Diving Stomp was Finn Balor's move, the Coup de Grace, so he can't do that either. So he what just was he really... Using? He was using the Stomp, though, no? Uh, he did it first, yeah, but he changed it to, like, a, a running single-leg shotgun dropkick, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then he did the Go to Sleep after a few years and got that move back. But, um, but yeah, he had just the worst luck in WWE for a long time there. And uh, booking-wise, you know, no favorites there either because 
eventually they just dumped him on 205 Live where he was just shouting, respect me, the whole time. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty disappointing run all around there, JoJo. It, it was almost like he was screwed by his influence, right? Because at least with the moves, like, maybe not diving double stomp is not necessarily, like, a Kenta-only thing, right? But innovating the knee, innovating the go-to-sleep, and then, like, those influence other wrestlers that borrow those moves that are more established wrestlers for WWE, ultimately, and he can't use, you know, stuff that he innovated. So uh, I think it's a testament, if nothing else, to his, his influence and, and, and innovation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you saw him uh, return to Noah as Hideo Itami. Uh, that was for the uh, Marafuji 20th anniversary show, where uh, him and Marafuji wrestled one-on-one. Uh, one more time, and uh, it was cool to see him, you know, back in the green ring, trying to recapture that Kenta spirit, but then again, you know, seeing him there as Hideo Itami, not as Kenta, with the WWE music as well, like, it just, it did not feel right, Jojo. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I think maybe that was the conscious decision to know, like, okay, when I'm, when my contract is up, I'm out of here, I'm going to New Japan as Kenta, and I don't want like maybe there's a lot of new wrestling fans in Japan that don't really know who Kenta is necessarily or have a, a an attachment to Kenta. So let's just like burn this one thing as Hideo Itami in Japan uh, because WWE is letting me do it. Um, but when I come back, I'm going to reestablish myself as Kenta. Right, right. So Kenta leaves WWE at the start of 2019. And after a few months away, he comes back to Japan, but not to Noah. No, he goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling, brought in by his old friend Katsuyori Shibata. And he announces in his debut that he's going to be in the G1 Climax. And his first New Japan theme does not last long because of reasons we'll get to soon. It's by Inosuke Kitamura off of NJPW Greatest Music 7. It's called Overture. be honest, this is a legit top three Kenta theme for me. I love this theme so much, and I was so upset when they got rid of it for the heel turn, but I understand why, because this is definitely not a heel theme. This music is so triumphant and heroic and epic. It does sound like the overture of a sweeping, you know, action-adventure movie, and Kenta is the hero. Uh, Which again, like the WWE theme, it's something that we never had before with Kenta. But I still love it, JoJo. Yeah, I mean, if you do think about it as like a setup to the heel turn, it's even more uh, 
amazing, right? Because it, it, like, it is epic. That's the only way to describe it. Um, and obviously, he became this smarmy, uh, you know, backstabbing, uh, got the arrogance back uh, character after turning heel and joining Bullet Club. But uh, this thing is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, I wish there was some alternate, uh, you know, history where he didn't go. He didn't go to, to WWE and he did have a run in Noah or New Japan with this team because I could see him as like a top babyface ace type positioned wrestler uh, with this music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how he used to be like the young shit kicker, sizing up the older vets, and now he's become the older vet. Now he's become the guy with the heroic epic music. And that would change with the heel turn, of course, but for that little run there, that was his role. He was the older Vat Kenta coming back to Japan as a returning hero of sorts. So I can see why the young punk music would not necessarily fit him anymore. Whereas, you know, this type of music would for this little run here, Jojo. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's, it, it is a, he wanted to reestablish himself, like I was saying before, right? So that it wouldn't make sense for him to just continue uh, straight lineage from his other music. There needed to be a shift. There needs to be an introduction, like kind of reacclimating himself to Japan and an introduction to New Japan, which has a very high standard for themes, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I like this one a lot too. Yeah, I noted that too. It does mark a fresh start for him with New Japan. Uh, new company, new type of music. It all makes sense there. Um, I mean, I don't think New Japan would have <laughs> ponied up the cash for, you know, DMX or TI or Waka Flocka Flame anyway, they would have wanted to keep it in-house with their guys, so um, they did, and uh, we got a great theme out of it, so uh, yeah, good job New Japan. They could have uh, maybe gotten Rocky to throw something together in the vein. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other He'd be down for that. Yeah for, sure. yeah, for sure. He'd be down for that, yeah. So at the 2019 G1 Finals, Kenta shocks the world by turning heel and joining Bullet Club, attacking Shibata in the process. Soon after, he wins the Never Openweight title and gets a new theme, the last theme of the episode here, finally. This is by Kamixlo off the album Cicatrice. This is the title track, Cicatrice. <laughs> So we just had the most hopeful, heroic, stirring song of the episode, and now we have the most dour song of the episode, and it's a heel theme through and through. No mistaking that. I mean, the deep stabbing chords, the haunting, in the background, 
the muddled vocals, the stinging percussion. It's quite the moody affair. And, you know, I didn't like it at first, especially since it replaced Overture. I was very annoyed by that, but honestly, it's grown on me a lot since then, JoJo. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Yeah, I would probably put this in my top three or four. I like it a lot. It's apocalyptic, which is not like <laughs> something that I would kind of associate Kenta with. But I think with his current character and just being so different from classic Kenta, I think it's an awesome fit. And uh, musically, it's really interesting and uh, just unique is really the only way I can describe it. So I think I like this one a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so different than what came before. Right. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, even the name, Cicatrice, that's Spanish for Scar. So it's a darker song name, and Kenta himself has had a lot of scars on him over the years, uh, physical and metaphorical. Um, of course, he has that big one on his shoulder. Yeah. That's very prominent, but um, it does feel like with this song here, Kenta is really embracing the bitterness and really embracing his inner dickhead again and steering as far into that skid as he can with his limitations, you know, using more cheating, more shenanigans and hijinks and all the stalling and whatnot. And it's almost as if he wants people to feel as bad as he felt during his lowest points, Jojo. The, the tone does suggest that, I think. Yeah, like I, like I said, it's apocalyptic. It's like, I've been through this terrible experience, but here I am, and I'm like scarred, obviously, but you know, you're gonna have to deal with me. Do you know anything about like where this theme came from? like? Is is it done through New Japan, or was it just something that he picked? Uh, yeah, the guy is an outsider. His name is Kamixlo. Okay. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. But um, he is a DJ. He is British Chilean, and uh, he's on, you know, SoundCloud and Bandcamp and all that stuff. And by all accounts, he made this theme for Kenta because he's a massive wrestling fan and a massive Japanese wrestling fan, too. So... Yeah, he got together with Kenta and uh, made up a theme, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, the irony, though, you know, as dour and dark as this song is, it does, I think, belie just how funny this version of Kenta is. Like, his backstage promos are hysterical. He's funny on Twitter. The same guy doing prop comedy with Yoshihashi's stick is the same guy coming out to, you know, so there is a there is a, a slight disconnect there too, Jojo, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just shows how he's uh kind of evolved as a wrestler, right? Like he's clearly a heel. This is a heel theme, fine, right? But he's so more he's so much more multifaceted than he was even when he was at his peak in the ring, right? He's an excellent promo now. He's an excellent prop wrestler, like you said. Uh that he's a much more dare I say it, complete wrestler. Maybe not as uh, elite in-ring as he was at his peak, but more well-rounded. And, and, you know, I really hope that he can continue this run and stay healthy and, uh, you know, that we get more of these awesome promos and, and matches. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, time waits for no man. You know, it's, it's cliche. I know that, but uh, it's true because we can't get that physically young Kenta ever again. He, he's gone. But what we can do is celebrate what that Kenta brought to wrestling while also celebrating what current Kenta brings to wrestling right now, which is, yeah, great, entertaining character work and some real kick-ass matches every now and again. Because, you know, he's Kenta. That's what he does. He adapts and he survives. So, yeah, love Kenta. 
And I uh, hope he gets better and back in the ring soon because he's just – he's awesome, JoJo. For sure. And then, you know, talking about Twitter, you know, one thing he's taken to or he took to on Twitter uh, in his the later stages of his career, particularly when Ichiro was playing for my Marlins, was he likes to wear a Marlins hat. <laughs> so if as if I could not have any stronger of a bond with a wrestler, he then, you know, adds that extra seasoning with the Marlins hat. I mean, yeah. I wish this guy the best for the rest of his life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Jojo, thank you so much for being here again. As always, a pleasure. And, uh, you know, for two white boys like us to get through all this hip hop together, we done good, I think, Jojo. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Talking about hip hop in Japan. We, we got through it. Yeah. Well, uh, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. No plugs. You can follow me on Twitter. On Twitter, Jojo underscores runs. Um, I tweet sometimes, but not very often. You know, if I get re re get my wrestling interest uh, reinvigorated, I might, you know, fire up a few tweets here and there. But uh, Jojo underscores runs on Twitter. All right. And Music of the Met is, of course, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate for any donations. Uh, just click the big Donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. And once again... HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16 and get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. JoJo, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Always a pleasure. All right, for JoJo Remy, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. What the fuck is this? What the fuck? <laughs>